Today is Easter, depending on who you are, what's important to you, what you believe. Today might not be an ordinary day. For the 2.3 billion people who identify themselves as Christians in our world, this is the most significant day of their faith. And it's that way for me. Because on this day, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But what if it never happened? What if it's all a hoax? What if Jesus is still dead? These are no small questions. The launching pad of Christianity is that Jesus Christ died on a Roman torture instrument called the cross, yet three days later rose from the dead, proving that he was the Son of God, the Savior of mankind, conquer over evil and the evil one, who has all power to grant forgiveness and eternal life to those who believe in him. If that's true, that matters eternally. And if not, what if there's no such thing as a resurrection? You should know these are not new questions. One of the greatest leaders of the Christian faith in the first century, the Apostle Paul, addressed them. People were skeptical, and why shouldn't they be? People don't just rise from the dead, dead for three days, and live again. And yet Paul staked his whole life on this one thing, that Jesus rose from the dead. In a letter to the Corinthian church in Greece, he said this in a section of scripture that we identify as chapter 15. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Paul is not just arguing that Jesus rose from the dead. He's arguing something bigger, that the resurrection is a reality for all of us of which Jesus is the first. This has immense implications for you and I going forward. If Jesus hasn't risen from the dead, he says in verse 17, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. You've probably experienced something where what you're doing just seems so futile. I mean, it's so frustrating like trying to get adequate sleep when you have two toddlers that don't have good sleep patterns, like trying to get ahead financially when you have this mountain of debt snowballing against you, being in a dysfunctional relationship where no matter what you try, it always seems to work out worse. Futility is a language of hopelessness. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, that's us, hopeless. And Paul says, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, you are still in your sins. Now that may strike you as important or not important. In our world today, we're told that what matters most is me, myself. In that light, the greatest offense or sin is simply not to be true to who I am, inauthentic. But that's not how God defines sin. At the core, sin is an offense against a holy God who loves, but also judges. To sin against God is to separate ourselves from him and to separate ourselves from the, the life that he wants to give us so that the prospect for the future is most dark. Good Friday, the day we mark the death of Jesus shows the magnitude of the problem and the extent to which God was willing to go to rectify it. It necessitated God becoming human, dying in our place, taking on himself the responsibility for our sin and its punishment but in so doing, reconciling us to God in, his, in a historical resolution completed only by the resurrection. No resurrection, 
No relationship with God. Ever. And so Paul writes in verse 18, Then those who have also who have fallen asleep, meaning those who have died, in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Jesus did not rise from the dead. The resurrection. This is the hinge pin. This is the central issue. This is the foundational piece of Christian belief. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, Christians, let's just pack it up and go home. To paraphrase Paul, let's just party and play. Eat and drink, for tomorrow we die, he said. But if Jesus did rise from the dead, it opens up a whole new life of possibilities. Because one day, as he did, you will rise too. And so here we are, Easter, still celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why do people believe that? Why do I believe that? Now, with something historical, you can't replay it, redo it like you can in a, a scientific experiment, but you can investigate and let the facts lead you to what is most plausible. We can know that Jesus lived. I don't think there's any credible scholar who denies the historicity of Jesus. The question is, when he died, did he rise from the dead? And you can read all kinds of uh, articles and books that will discuss this, argue for or argue against. And I think if you have an open mind, you may find actually that the arguments that Jesus rose from the dead on historical evidence are quite compelling. But for Paul, it was more simple than that. You see, there was a time when he didn't believe in Jesus. There was a time when he didn't believe what Jesus said. He didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. And then he met him, the resurrected Christ. An eyewitness. Paul became one of them. And it turned him from a person who hated Jesus to one who loved Jesus. Because he knew Jesus lived, he now turned from hating Christians to loving them. He now turned his whole life in a, in a complete opposite direction. He did a 180 from against Christ to for Christ. How can I know that Jesus rose from the dead? Look at, listen to the eyewitnesses. In this section of scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul talks about the resurrection, he talks about those witnesses that Jesus appeared to. And he says, And he, Jesus, appeared to Cephas, meaning Peter, and to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Ancient Rome was not too kind to Christians in those days. It's amazing how many of these witnesses were willing to suffer even to die for their belief. Would you die for a lie? Especially if you knew it was a lie? But the resurrection changed everything for them. And it still does that today. See, here's the thing. Today, in a way, people still meet Jesus. Because Jesus rose from the dead, he goes on living in the world by the Spirit whom he has sent. You can't see him, but you can feel him. Like the wind, you know he's there and you see his effect. 
And there's a lineup of generations that will testify to this. And I am one of them. I can't prove to you the resurrection, but Jesus has proved it to me. I can't prove to you the resurrection, but as so many other witnesses, I can tell you that his resurrection life lives in me. And that leads to peace, to joy, to hope, and a quality of life that goes beyond having enough stuff or or having life to be just right, circumstances to be right in order for it to be good. The most important thing that needs to be right is a right relationship with God. And here's what the resurrection tells us about that God. First of all, God loves you so concretely, so fully, so selflessly. I mean, think about it. How far would you go to help a friend who's in dire straits? Would you empty your bank account for her? To what extent would you go not only to help a friend, but to help an enemy? Let me take it a step further. Would you willingly subject yourself to humiliation, whipping, torture on a cross for people who despise you? That's the love of God for you, for me. We know the verse in John, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since then, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Listen to this. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. God loves you and God redeems. Like the worst situation. I don't know where today finds you, but I do know that this year has pushed many of us to places that are far more difficult than we would have wanted. And if not today, we will all experience those times where it's hard and, and it's difficult. But if Jesus rose from the dead, if the resurrection is true, what that tells us is that no matter what the circumstances, if God is there, if God is present, he can transform anything into something good. Easter Friday was so dark for the followers of Jesus as they watched their hope nailed to a cross, humiliated, suffering, dying. It looked like they had given up everything to follow for nothing. But we call it Good Friday because Jesus rose from the dead and that changed everything from, for them. They went from hopeless to hope-filled, from fearing death to defying it. Easter has always been so meaningful to me. I have long been convinced of the plausibility of the miracle of the resurrection. And I've been gripped by the life of Jesus, especially as it crescendos to his death on a cross and then the resurrection. But it went a whole lot deeper for me eight years ago. In June of 2012, my wife, my best friend, was diagnosed with terminal kidney cancer. Over the next months, I slowly watched her deteriorate. It was a very difficult time for me and my three daughters. But something happened in the midst of that. I had been studying the scriptures and 
reading other articles on the subject of the resurrection. In that time, suddenly my wife took a turn for the worse. But instead of being darkened by it, my perspective took on a new hope because Jesus was alive. Virginia died five days before Easter of 2013. Difficult? Absolutely. Bleak? No. Final? No. Because I knew Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. And so also will Virginia. She is alive and one day will experience the resurrection of those in Christ as I in Christ will also. Because he's alive. God loves. God redeems. Hey, I don't know um, what your circumstances are right now, but even if they were to get worse for you or for the church, God's community of faith, we can lift up our heads because with every Friday, Sunday is always coming. When God is in the picture, when He's in our circumstances, He has the power and the ability to transform every situation for our good and His glory. God loves, God redeems, and God can be trusted. As Paul talks about the resurrection here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says this in verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. I hope you caught that in accordance with the scriptures. See, God has made promises in his word and he's had them written down so that people can know this is God's intention. These are God's promises and he wants us to hold him to them because he fulfills, he keeps his promises. He can be trusted. We see that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's important for us to know that because God has more. The resurrection leads to something. See, when Jesus rose from the dead, that is not the end of the story. God has more for us. His timing is perfect. Jesus came the first time in the fullness of time, it says, born of a woman under the law to redeem us. But we know that he's coming again. And listen to what Paul says about that. For as by a man came death, by a man also has come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God and the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power. God has so much more for us. He rose from the dead. And when he comes again, it will open up to us, those in Christ, a whole new world that he's prepared for you and me. When Paul finishes this section on the resurrection of Christ in 1 Corinthians 15, he has in mind that this has to make a difference in the way that we live today. It would be so tragic to say, yes, I believe the resurrection happened, but to be so familiar with it that it, it has no effect on my life in the now. So Paul writes this, Therefore, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Why is it not in vain? 
because Jesus rose from the dead. Did he? The eyewitnesses would say yes. But only you can make that decision for yourself. I am here as one to tell you, compel you if I may. Let this cosmic changing event be the catalyst and foundation, not just for a yearly celebration, but for a life that is shaped, impacted, so that every hour, every day, your work, your play is moved by the truth of the resurrection. Every fiber of your being say, yes, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.